Hello everyone, Andrew here. Thanks for tuning in. This is the final Lock Island adventure, and this was really special. It was Dralacon Line. Dralacon is a convention that the Chasm Quest Rowdy Boys have participated in for the past two years. This year, unfortunately, we could not all convene together under the same roof, so we had a virtual convention online, and it was a blast. Thanks to all the folks from Nerd Asylum. If you want to find out more about Dralacon, go to Dralacon.com. And as always, you can go to ChasmQuest.com, get linked up to our Patreon, our social medias, at ChasmQuest, and really if it's really exciting right now on the patreon because we have a dice contest okay you can write a lock island adventure that we could play through so go to patreon.com become a patron today um if you enjoy our episodes you want to support us we're a completely indie project if you can't support us financially just go over to Apple Podcasts or any podcatcher um, and leave a review. Uh, let people know that you love this show. It really helps other folks find our show, and we appreciate it always. If you happen to be able to do it on Apple Podcasts, we will shout out your username. And if you become a patron, we'll shout you out on the show as well. So uh, lots of ways for you to be recognized and loved and appreciated. But just know, if you're here listening, we really do appreciate you. Anyway, this episode was a lot of fun to do with the boys. Uh, and enjoy. The, this is the wrap-up. This is how they defeat the Blight. Um, and stay tuned after the episode for a little special secret announcement. you going yeah. we were going to alaska what alaska that's amazing off bills instead <laughs> speaking oh. of alaska welcome to the lock island <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, we might All as right, well cool. just crank we, off now yeah we're yeah. We, we ready yeah people are piling in and uh, we are so excited hello everyone if you don't know who we are we are chasm quest a dnd 5e actual play podcast a little bit more properly introduced as a collaborative storytelling experience. And we're so excited to be doing a live show for you all. Uh, we are recording right now. This will be one of our bonus episodes called The Lock Island Adventures that will be uh, released later on for our Patreon members. And so you might, you're getting a few hints and a few spoilies, but um, nothing that'll 
spoil the main storyline of what goes out on the main channel. Yeah, don't Uh, leave. Don't leave. Yeah, (laughs) you're getting some exciting uh, first looks at the Lock Island adventures that we're recording for our Patreon. Let's see. I'm Andrew. I guess I should introduce myself. I'm your host and Dungeon Master. And with me, as always, are the Rowdy Boys. Uh, Give it off to Taylor. To me? It's me. What's going on? It's Taylor here. I play Ayas, and I have a lot of fun. Half-elf fighter, and I just try to get as rowdy as possible. All right. Beautiful. Well, I am Micah. Uh, I play uh, the character Telnius. Um, I am a human cleric with a twist, and uh, I like to party. With a twist. I like that. Ah. (laughs) I know for a fact you like to party. (laughs) And Colin. Uh, I am Colin Allen. I play Kaloon, a half-dwarf bard, and I am the leader of the Rowdy Boys. (laughs) (laughs) That's what what he gives us for forcing him to go last. I get it. It's fun. Yeah. Um, For anything Chasm Quest related, you can go to chasmquest.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, any uh, podcatcher that you use to listen we have two seasons out and a bonus arc lots of fun little bonus episodes as well uh the bonus arc was run by taylor who plays is called pirate's peak and it's all just sitting there waiting for you (laughs) to all our current listeners thank you so much for uh uh joining us today and to all our uh new newbies to the cq world welcome Um, I did want to get a little statement off before we started. Um, I think it's very important to say right now and to recognize uh, Black Lives Matter. If you want to participate or support in this movement, we have resources on our social media, uh, Instagram and Twitter at ChasmQuest. Also important to say that queer lives matter, uh, and that includes trans folks. So any celebrity authors who think otherwise, you can fuck off. Uh, I would also like to say (laughs) that these lives more than matter to us uh you are celebrated and valued absolutely with that i bring us into the lock islands welcome the lock islands are a piratey collection of islands that were claimed decades ago by the pirate queen henry lock i'll pause for applause here okay (laughs) no i'm not getting it I can hear it through your mutes. Thank you. (laughs) She led the pirates for many years until just recently. A mutiny led to the decimation of Shantytown, the hidden settlement of the pirates. On top of a mutiny, the Shantytown was also blighted by a curse. And not just Shantytown, all of the Lock Islands. Uh, Vines have been growing and transforming the beautiful flora and fauna into horrifying undead creatures, destroying and devouring anything in their path. Our adventurers, the Rowdy Boys, though, have just arrived to help Henry Locke and her pirate crews reclaim and eradicate the blight set upon these lands. So far, they have destroyed two of the three blight hubs, The first they destroyed was a blighted oak tree that used its roots to spread the disease throughout the land. The second they killed in a glorious battle was the Feathered King, a cursed T-Rex that spread the blight uh, mobily, killing prey and raising new undead. 
the final location of this blight, and potentially the most powerful, remains a mystery within Alcazar's tomb. We go now to Shantytown, the morning of our excursion, uh, but also the morning after an epic party at the Stone Court, which seems to be a norm amongst pirates. So uh, I'll hand this over to our rowdy boys. How how we being introduced to each each one of y'all? I'll take a first uh, first wave. So uh, I my character Telnius wakes up in a broom closet. He w- opens his eyes and uh, it is completely dark. There's no windows in here. He has no idea what time it is, and he kind of fumbles um, to the. Uh, the doorknob before he's able to find his way out. And he's just kind of head in hand, kind of remembering what happened last night. Uh, He vaguely remembers losing a bet to Asher um, that whether he could or couldn't tie uh, some simple Mariner's knot uh, with only one hand. So he was certain he could do it. I mean, it's a simple Mariner's knot. Uh, turns out not so easy when you don't have a right hand. So <laughs> mm. he uh, lost the bet, <laughs> had to uh, get stuck in a broom closet, and uh, he woke up. Well, I guess he fell asleep in there. You know, he was drunk. Nice. He doesn't really Perfect. remember a whole lot. So you forgot your us... knot tying attachment to your arm then. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, he's getting a new attachment. <laughs> nice. And for our new listeners, uh, let's maybe give a quick description of Telnius, um, what is in place of a right arm. Yeah. So where his right arm used to be uh, is now a uh, short attachment of a, a war hammer um, that is in the shape of a double infinity sign um, and... It, which is the same sign of the symbol of Thesla. Um, and it's kind of a famous hammer um, or the end of a hammer um, that uh, is held by the Bishop of Treyland, um, which uh, Telnius now happens to be. Um, he has, well, his hair is rather disheveled, but uh, sh- kind of shorter, brownish, curly, kind of like dirty blonde brown hair. Um, he has a, a beard, actually kind of a beard, short um, and and clean and well-trimmed. Um, like mine, and then, uh, yeah, he's about 5'11", and about 195 in weight. Perfect. And uh, when you wake up and leave uh, this broom closet, you kind of edge, you peer out, some light comes through. You find that you're inside of the Boot and Leg Brewery, which is uh, in Shantytown, a part of the Stone Court. It's completely empty in here. Um, and you kind of see a trail of, of muddy footprints going from your broom closet leading to a broken window because uh, the doors remain locked to this brewery. Okay, yeah. Well, so I, I follow the, the muddy footprint. Um, I go up to the window and then I stop and look back, kind of rub my head and realize I've got a pretty bad headache. Go grab a glass and fill it with uh, some wine because, you know, rosé all day, a little hair of the dog. And then uh, I clumsily climb out the window, not even trying to open the door. You stumble onto the other side. The light is nearly blinding, but you 
you remember that you're supposed to be down at the docks uh, that morning, so you rush to go get your belongings. Yeah. Uh, Taylor, where are we finding Ayas? Oh, yeah, so I'm like, I'm down by the docks, and I'm just okay. waking up, and I, I'm, I'm looking down, and I've got a big loaf of bread on my chest, and it's, there's just crumbs everywhere. And I'm waking up on the docks, and as I look around, I see, I see Sam, one of the gray cloaks, not far away, lying down, just both of us waking up from a drunken stupor, and there's just ducks everywhere. And they are crowding us, and they're trying to get the bread, and they're crawling all over me, and they're pecking away at my chest. <laughs> and so I get up, and I just, I look around, and I, I just call over to her and Sam, and I'm just like, hey, hey, uh, it's, it's morning. Um, oh, oh, God, what? Oh, these, these ducks are so cute. Oh, my, oh, my, my head. Oh, oh my. yeah. You, you had quite and a bit. She, she kind of like stumbles up and she goes over and grabs one of the ducks and starts petting it. And she's like, um, you, you go on without me. I'll, I need more sleep. And she instantly passes back out with a duckling, like cuddled in her arms. Uh, yeah, sure. Well, I'm going to head back up. Uh, God, how did I get down? All right, whatever. Let's just do this. Nice. So, Ayas, you uh, stumble away from the crates uh, that you were near, and you see uh, Windward, the ship of Henry Locke, being loaded, and you realize, shit, I gotta get my stuff together, so you rush to go get your belongings for this adventure. Uh, we'll cut now to Kal Oon waking up. Oh, and I'm sorry, uh, Taylor, can you give us a quick physical description of Ayas? Absolutely. I'm a half-elf, about 5'10" fair skin, long white hair, scars around the eyes cuz I I got massacred as a as a kid <laughs> and I just got these burn marks all over my eyes just everywhere. And that's it. Beautiful. And your hair is blowing in the wind as you rush uh and scramble to where your belongings are. <laughs> and you like kind of <laughs> every now and again. Uh, but you catch your breath and, and you you start gathering your belongings. Kaloon, where are we finding you? Yeah, so uh, Kaloon wakes up on top of a table as people are trying to eat their breakfast around his sleeping body. And he goes, oh, what the, what's going on? <laughs> and as he wakes up violently, gruel and and uh, and oats and oatmeal and stuff just go flying everywhere. And oh, me he fucking starts, potatoes. What the hell are <laughs> oh, you what, doing? Why are you eating on me bed? What? Oh, on your God. bed? You've been sleeping here in the stone court for about uh, three hours now. Oh man, I I knew I should never have tried that elven weed. What what was I thinking? But did you see did you see that great uh that great magic show that they were putting forth on the ceiling there? It was about some like young lad who got a who got like a, a ring and he was trying to toss it into a volcano and there was some scary fiery eye looking at him. And I was just hmm. watching it and that's the last thing I remember and I I, I suppose this isn't me bed. That sounds like a marvelous tale. Now, can you move your foot because you're on my scrambled eggs? Oh, why'd you put your scrambled eggs in my foot? That's so rude. Yeah, he I'm pushes leaving. your boot yeah. off and starts <laughs> eating those scrambled eggs, even though it's got Ugh. a boot print in it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I slowly get up and go get myself some breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you grab some of the potatoes that fell on the ground. Nice. And so 
Kaloon, you, you kind of gather yourself, maybe grab some water and grab some breakfast as you head over to gather your belongings, remembering that the excursion to Alcazar's Cove was today. Mm. So, as, uh, as we skip forward a couple minutes, you all uh, begin approaching the docks where Henry is waiting. Yes, and joining the description of the other two, you see a, a half-dwarf. Who is who is tall for a dwarf, short for a human, and is currently wearing his fun kilt, uh, which is a <laughs> it, it's a kilt, but it's it's printed like a Hawaiian like flowery t shirt. So that's uh, so that's cool. That's probably Colleen's uh, uh, greatest possession at this point, uh, like more yeah. valued than his bagpipes. Uh, he is a bard who wow. uh, who uses bagpipes to inspire his party members. So. And what an inspiration he is. Yes. <laughs> I'm currently I playing those to give you guys inspiration. Ooh, nice. nice. Yeah. They're so loud to you guys. You guys are like massively hungover. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it too, but it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like crying tears of pain as you play. <laughs> so eventually you all gear up and make your way to the docks as Kaloon plays to inspire you. So all three of you gain inspiration. Uh, and at the docks, windward, like I said earlier, Henry's uh, piratey ship is being loaded with rifles, powder kegs, cannonballs, and rations. She has long dark hair, is wearing a large three-pointed naval hat, has light brown skin, tall boots, and an old leather jacket. There's two double-barreled pistols at her hips, and she's looking over a map with a one-armed dwarf named Adric. Uh, she sees you three approaching. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, excuse me, Adric. Uh, he was just helping us uh, get some access, hopefully, to this mysterious cove. Uh, I see there's three of you, but um, any any word on where Rory is, if he's joining us? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I look around looking for him kind of puzzled uh gosh i oh, i'm not uh okay. i saw him last night we were uh we were all drinking and uh i challenged him to a drinking contest and it was however many times he laughed he had to take a drink and sam and i actually tackled him with some feathers and started tickling the crap out of him and then he drank a whole barrel of ale oh god wow um i seem to remember him in the, uh, I think I heard him, uh, hiding away. He was chanting something. Um, oh gosh. Okay. Chanting I think... someone. Has he joined some sort of cult? No, no. I think <laughs> I heard him chanting. Okay. Let's see if I can get this right. It was, um, he's our numbers guy. So I remember it had to do with numbers. All uh, right. it was eight, seven, six, five. Stick, Three. stick your, stick your pinky out or die. Four, three, two, one. Rub your nose until you're done. He like oh. was chanting that over and over. Uh, as he was as he was walking away, drinking an entire entire barrel of of ale. I and you know, let's not rule out the possibility he's accidentally joined a cult because that's that's something he definitely could have just kind of stumbled yeah. into on accident. Oh yeah, he stumbles into that kind of crap all the time. As our numbers guy. He's he's not only the numbers guy, he's the cult guy as well. <laughs> uh, well. 
God, he I might worry the cult, the cultist Kilgannon. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, damn, that that really stinks. Uh, that he, uh, I, you know, I've I think I've heard of these. There's a few underground pinky wars happening about, and we try to discourage it amongst the pirates, but uh, it seems one has fallen to the flocks. That's right. I remember this. Well, it will be uh, sad to uh, not have a belong for the adventure, but um, time is of the essence. We must end this blight on the Lock Islands, and... Adric here actually has been helping me do some research on the cove. And really? What have you got? Adric approaches. He's pointing on the map. He shows dead center of the Lock Islands uh, a collection of rocky terrain and like mount, almost like a mountain that seems to stick out of the waters. He points at it and he says, Yeah, uh, this is Elkazar's cove and... Uh, as far as we pirates know, it's the most haunted location on the Lock Islands. Haunted? Cool, 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 cool. I am haunted. Meaning that many attempt to enter these coves and to reach the center, as it's rumored there's great treasure within the cove. But uh, with its many entrances come many tunnels within. Most pirates become lost or mysteriously vanish within these tunnels. But, um... That probably won't happen to us, though, right? Yeah, no, no way. Yeah. Right. We're, we're, we're not We're not as weak as you, Adric. <laughs> Adric, um, who is... Yeah, although he only has one arm, he's rather beefy still and uh, has a large black beard. He, he looks over to Kowloon and just, just squints and grunts a little bit, folding up the map quickly. Henry says, um, actually, no, we hope that it will not happen to us because we've uncovered a relic during the rebuilding of Shantytown. And at this, Henry pulls out a silver box. It's um, about two feet wide, a foot deep, and she... kind of clicks a little lock at the end and opens it and there is like a dark purple velvet and sitting on top are two obsidian antlers each one is about eight inches long uh, but of course like antlers kind of branch off into different segments but there are two of them and she says we've done some research on these and based on their use in some notes notations nearby uh, it seems they're used as some type of divining rod that help lead folks through long forgotten shrines on the Lock Islands and Adric here believes that it will help us discover Alcazar's tomb within the cove. What do you mean like a compass? something like that Uh, divining rods use a magical energy or magnetic energy to help guide people to find whatever source of that type of energy we Hmm. believe the obsidian uh, material that these are made out of will help connect us to whatever necrotic evil lies within this tomb so if if Adric uh, is so 
confident in these uh, the abilities of these antlers. I'm sure he would no mind leading the way. Of course not. I'll be the Thanks. first to go into these coves. I want to see what kind of treasure lies within. Man, you're so cool, Adric. Thanks. <laughs> and he just whips out some sunglasses and puts them on. You just hear, Nah! <laughs> Damn. Antonius, shut up. Isn't, isn't Adric cool? Oh, I mean, Adric, Adric sucks. I'm the coolest I'm the coolest stepdad around. And he looks at Kaloon. Oh, that's Kaloon's peepaw. You're not even my real stepdad. You and my mother got divorced before I was even born. And he just like walks away, like taking off and putting on the sunglasses over and over again as guitar music. <laughs> you see, yeah, you like think that's gnome. cool? There's like a gnome following behind him doing Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's where Rory is. <laughs> well seriously though, where's Rory? Like we haven't we haven't seen him at all. And I haven't seen him oh. since last night. Time to go. Let's get on the ship. <laughs> Game on. Let's do this. We're all brokenhearted, Ias, but we've got things to do. All right. Well, and he doesn't get any of the treasure, though. That's right. <laughs> she leads the way onto Windward, the ship. Already at the helm is Asher. This is Henry's uh, uh, first mate. And when... Telnius and Ias and Kalun get aboard. She's kind of like waving from up there, but she's also kind of leaning over the wheel, like half waving. You could tell she partied just as hard with y'all last night. I hold my my wine glass up at her. Huh? <laughs> she kind of gives she gives a little like uh, a nice little wave and waggles her eyebrows. To which Henry kind of like scoffs and continues walking. Uh, she. Henry turns around to Ias and says, um, if we could have you up navigating with Asher, that we, we could use all the help we could get. I will stand at the helm with Adric as we approach the cove in order to guide with these weird uh, divining rods. Of course, yes. I'll do it. Um, how far away are we sailing? Oh, it should only be a half day's journey to the cove. We just wrap around uh, the northern island and head under the Harrow Bridge. Well, that should be perfectly manageable. Yes, I'll take the wheel. Great, yeah, you go up with Asher, and you guys have done this before. You've both navigated, and you get out your navigation tools, the map, and just start plotting a course. Uh, I do want to... um if I need to roll for it, um, then I will. But ha- a couple or a few um, bullets that I've been working on in my off time for those who have uh, the proficiency for firearms. Um, however many you will allow me to have been making, I will make. Um, yeah, which proficiencies are you looking for specifically? Uh, pistols. Yeah, at this point, this is far within the adventure and the time that you've been spending on the Lock Islands. It's safe to say you have this proficiency at this point. Cool. So then, oh, oh, I'm saying um, that I uh, created bullets for pistols, not that I have oh. that. Right. So, uh, let me... Uh, Perfect. Cool. So you create 30 bullets. 7,000 <laughs> bullets, all with... Uh, no, uh, so that would be four bullets that I make with... Uh, the um, level one spell magic missile. Beautiful. And to whom do you distribute those? I split them up evenly. Two for Taylor, two for Kal'un. 
sorry. Perfect. Two for Ias, two for Colin. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'll take them too. I, I don't. <laughs> that means I have three though, because I still have one left over from the last game. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice, and nice. I will. I will give you my two because I don't plan on using a pistol. Sweet. Well, there you go. Dang. So every one of Ias's um, shots will pack a a punch. Punch in our I'm going to be just shooting flames. <laughs> Every one of the five. I don't know what those do when I do fire them, so spot me. Gotcha, dog. <laughs> gotcha, dog. And tell me, it, the narrator comes in, he in fact did not have him, dog. <laughs> okay, so the ship sets sail from the docks of Shantytown. It is a beautiful cove here not alcazar's cove because that's the weird haunted one uh but this cove is nice beautiful open to the sunny sky above you it's Ooh. like definitely in the high 70s but the humidity is up there so it's uh you're pretty much sweating as soon as you're getting going and in, in, in the sun with no shade on this ship uh, make sure I'm <laughs> and you all laughed sunscreen. at me for wearing a kilt <laughs> you wish you had this kind of breeze. <laughs> uh, the ship then continues out through the narrow, like, causeway between two cliffs that keeps Shantytown hidden from those who do, do not know the entrance. Uh, you guys make your way out to the open sea. There are clouds just kind of uh, pockmarked throughout the sky, and it's a rather nice day for sailing. The breeze comes through to help that cut that humidity. And as you sail to the west, you do so for many hours and then cut south. When you cut south in the distance, you see Harrow's Bridge um, come into your view. So right now you're practically between two islands. Uh, to the left is the islands or to the left and to the east is the islands that Shantytown is a part of. To the right is one of the middle islands of the Lock Islands. Harrow's Bridge, if you guys remember, was the bridge that you all crossed way, way back in Season 1, Memory 5, the Lock Island uh, memory. And oh, wow, yeah. so it's, it's like over 100 feet tall, so the ship has no problem passing underneath. But I jump up and few... try to touch it. <laughs> you're you are uh unless you use dimension door you're, you're very sad well hey guys i'm stuck <laughs> you like cast dimension door forget you don't have a second uh use of it, spell. It, and, and you die. start falling <laughs> you I, slap it you're like hell yeah and ah! i cast i cast feather fall and as i'm falling slowly the ship very quickly just leaves me behind <laughs> Guys, guys. Yep. That's the fourth time he's done that. The fourth (laughs) time. You'd think he'd learn. He'll find a way back. Just leave him (laughs) alone. He needs to learn. You land in a cult of pinky wrestlers. That's where I'll I'll leave it. Great episode. Oh, man. Yeah, that was the episode. (laughs) Thanks for coming to our show. The darkest timeline. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so um, after you pass under Harrow's Bridge, you continue south knowing that Alcazar's Cove is coming up on your right to the west, a part of that middle island. It's, it's the, the, the rocky mountainous terrain that sticks out of the water actually connects two of the middle islands, uh, 
the northern and southern island. So you begin to see one island end, and these rocks begin to jut out. At this point, Henry has the ship slowed, and she takes out the two obsidian antlers and stands at the helm of the ship. As you continue forward, you, again, it, it feels as if the climate's staying the same, the breeze is the same, but I'm going to have Telnius roll me an arcana check. Ooh. All right. 15. With a 15, you feel an energy kind of emitting from the summit of this mountain that's just coming into view. Every uh, 30 seconds, 30 to 45 seconds, you feel kind of like a wave of what seems to be necrotic energy emitting from the center of this mountain. Uh, I say to everyone, do you guys, do you guys feel that? It's like, oh, there it was. It's like a, a wave of necrotic energy. Just, it's coming from that mountain. And I point. Yeah, the, the air feels a little bit different. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't feel any difference. You know, it's probably nothing. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, the br- like the wind changes direction and you guys like jump all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Ruh-roh, raggy. Asher's like, whoa, damn. Weird. What are you talking about, Telnius? <laughs> I'm going to have Ayas and with Asher, who is a, a high elf with dark brown skin and purple dreadlocks. And she's dressed in rather light clothes, kind of more... Uh, nobles clothes but you can tell they're pretty tattered and worn from her life as a pirate she uh she says all right we're gonna have to navigate like top notch once we get into this so let's let's be plotting a course absolutely let's do it take your uh navigation check at advantage since asher's helping you that is right i got a uh 16 do i add anything to that what do i add Dex? Your proficiency bonus and oh, dexterity. Ha-ha. And dexterity. That would be a 20-something. The whiskey's telling me dexterity. <laughs> 22. <laughs> I, I need Rory here. I'm having a very hard time with these numbers. <laughs> 22. Beautiful. You guys are sailing so smoothly beside the rocks jutting out. And what you see are these almost similar to tree branches, but rock sticking coming out of the waters and most of the time it's enclosing into smooth um, brown orangish clay rock rising into the sky but every now and again there are these openings some of them a little too small for a ship but you have passed now four different large openings openings large enough leading within that a ship could easily fit through when you pass each of these openings, there's a... Telnius is not only feeling the necrotic waves coming from this, but there's also, like, the wind gets trapped into the caverns, creating this low hum for you, and almost this sense that you're being drawn within. And every time you pass one of these openings, your vision seems to slightly move closer and closer into the darkness within. 
And coming past the fourth one, coming up to the fifth opening, suddenly Henry kind of gives out a, "Uh!" as her hands begin to shake and the, you see her body almost swivel a 45-degree angle from the... She was facing forward south, and now she's facing direct west toward this fifth opening. So just as you guys are feeling that drawn-inness, she screams, Cut starboard side! Cut starboard! Slow! Slow it up! So I'm whipping the wheel as hard as I can go. Asher's even helping you. You're both cutting the wheel, mm, yeah. uh, whichever way you would need to to uh, cut Starbird. And you guys all kind of have to gain your footing a little bit as the ship cuts from going south to west and begins to enter into these dark caverns. Uh, yeah, I, I pick myself up and I'm like, oh, great, we almost missed it. Almost took a wrong turn. Adric says, and um, he heads over to one of the trunks and pops it open, and there's a ton of these, like, flintlock rifles within, and the crew begins gathering. He starts handing out weapons to a lot of the crew, and a lot of them are putting in the gunpowder, and Adric yells out, Get the cannons loaded, just in case. Swivel cannons, too, at the helm. And so the crew is kind of manning. The gunners are all getting to their stations. And the scene as we go from the broad daylight and the warm sunshine outside to this enclosed cavern, almost instantly it drops 20 degrees. The air that was just the humidity being pushed around outside becomes a cold chill Kaloon as your fun kilt is blown up. <laughs> I, I definitely do the Marilyn Monroe thing where I stick my hands down between my legs and I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I kinda, yeah, I purse my lips. I'm like, oh, whoopsie. <laughs> That's hard. You guys are now enclosed and you just see as the sunlight is cut by this darkness and there's kind of one last flash of light as you fall into shadow. You know when you go straight from really bright light to pure darkness, how your eyes need that moment to adjust? For a second, you just see this bright blur in front of your eyes as your eyes begin to attune to the darkness. Dang, are we the first ever podcast with lens flare? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. You see just trails ahead, or, or rather caves ahead, and... This continues on for quite some time. So you go probably 300 feet when you see there is a fork in the in the cave. And Hen- Henry still got those divining rods. And again, it's just darkness down the right and the left. And she's got the divining rods and they've not stopped uh, shaking or vibrating. Uh, and this time when they near this fork they cut to the left this time so she screams back port side port side aye i start whipping that wheel give me uh, another navigation check with advantage yes oh good thing it's at advantage oh um yeah not good uh (laughs) that'll be 11 (laughs) okay so the ship itself scrapes it's not able to turn quite fast enough at the speed you all were going 
And so the starboard side of the uh, bow of the ship scrapes against some of the rock wall. And suddenly this very quiet cavern is filled with this horrible grinding sound of rock against wood as you guys feel the ship beneath you quiver at the impact. Um, now the the ship only took 43 damage itself, so there was some planks cracking and a few, so there will need to be some repairs to the ship. And Henry kind of <laughs> uh, restabilizes and says, keep us steady, keep us steady. Sorry, I was, um, yeah, my bad. Asher's like, come on, man, get it together. <laughs> and she's like, here, let's drink some water. We need to, we need to get over this hangover. Oh, you're telling me. Give me two of them, actually. So you guys are able to make the turn, and you continue forward. And just to speed things up, this happens another three times as you guys are heading deeper and deeper. So, Ias, I'm going to have we you scrape make... it three times. <laughs> well, no, you're going to make you're going to make for me, and this time without advantage because it is getting darker and darker. It's just harder to maintain this. So, just three straight navigation checks. Um, on that last turn, we'll get how smooth all these turns have been. I need Telnius and Kaloon to give me perception checks. You got it, my dude. Ooh, oh, yeah. 15. Oh, I got 22. <laughs> I rolled a 14, a 4, and a 2. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the ship sinks. Oh, ship God, sinks. we're all dead. Oh, my God, we're all dead. Uh, yeah, you were looking for 15 on each of those uh, cuts. Oh, wow. Uh, each <laughs> so, back nice. so one success. The ship takes another 42 points of damage just to each side. The broad side of the on starboard, the front two cannons, and it has three on each side. The front two cannons... The damage kind of came in and damaged two of those cannons, so they need to start working on those before they're used again. I'm just like, sorry, sorry, it's really narrow. I'm doing the best I can. (laughs) Asher, the water, I need water. Asher's sweating so hard, and she's like, I'm going to go get you some water. You take the wheel for a second, and she runs, and then just Bloody as she hurry. runs to get you water, you have to make another turn. It's oh. it's bad. <laughs> Look, seeking the ship is not the way to get water, I guess. We'll get you water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the crew's just kind of giving you dirty looks the whole time, and Henry's like, steady, huh? Steady, huh? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay, but thankfully for our ship, for the ship's sake... At the last turn, the caverns open up, and what is seen, both with the dark vision and the torches that have been lit and the lanterns on top of the ship, on the top deck, is some type of settlement that you guys are coming into. Ooh, Let like me actually read my settlement. So a large underground settlement appears. There are docks and houses a market square, and chapel. As you get closer, you see that housing has been cut out from the cave walls. Walkways lead to separate housings and show signs of sophistication, well-built roads, but all appear to be ancient. You have reached the center of Alcazar's Cove. These are ruins, though, 
Nothing moves but for the quick shift of a rat or the air moving a door creaking at its rusted hinges. You think this is Alcazar's village? Oh, oh my god. We've reached it, the center of the cove. All right, everyone, be on guard, be at the ready. As your ship moves closer, the crew are just kind of puzzling at the architecture alongside you. But Telnius, as the ship gets closer, it looks like they're, the larger body of water around the ship is narrowing to kind of a waterway that works its way through the settlement. And Henry's at the front and she says, um, you know, keep it slow and steady. <laughs> it's much slower. Slow it down more. Um <laughs> as the antlers are continuing to vibrate and lead down this waterway. When you guys get closer, tell me as you see within the walkways, you kind of peer and are able to see in between the buildings, uh, which is funny because I think you're the only one without dark vision. Oh yeah, I've got my hammer up and I've got light on it. (laughs) Oh, you're like, yeah, giving radiant energy and you're focusing it in on specific things. Well, you see like a glint of armor it looks like it looks like a maybe like a body laying in the uh, middle of the road laying on its stomach uh, limbs kind of sprawled out and when you see the shape of the helmet almost like a conquistador style you uh your history check comes through and you know that at least to have been like old, old, like ancient Kassanian uh, make of, of armor. Okay. Uh, I let everybody know. Oh, that looks like Kassanian armor. Wait, wait. Were there Kassanians here? I turn to Henry Locke and ask. Um, I suppose Alcazar is, is more similar to the Kassanian dialect, but if they were here, it was, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago uh, I'm not certain and sudden, as she finishes that last sentence the the antlers go like they lift her, her arm straight up and she has to step back a couple of times as you watch in the torchlight everyone sees this something is hanging from the ceiling 60 foot high up it appears to be a rope ladder leading down the entire way and leads down to a, about the height of your top deck. She, Henry suddenly screams, Lay anchor! Lay anchor! Let's see, what kind of check? D- does does Ias or Asher want to try to take that? Do you want to yeah. send her to do it or do you want to take it? I'll leave the wheel and do that because I can at least do something different that's useful. Cool. Just oh, give man. me a dexterity check if, on that one. If you cool. screw like this up too, you're done. You're done. <laughs> 16. Nice. Hey, that's enough. You you get some of the crew together and you guys are able to lay the anchor quickly. Quick enough to stop the rope bridge at the very end of the bow of the ship that that deck that's slightly more elevated at the front of the helm. And so Henry, when she is standing near this rope ladder, the antlers are, are like leading her straight up. They make no motion when she turns around and continue to bring her arms back toward this rope ladder and directly up. Let's do it. And she just says, uh, 
guys? <laughs> if that thing's a compass, that means we're going up there, right? I guess so. Uh, um, well, Adric, you said you'd lead the way, right? He's got a point. <laughs> up you go. Um, I don't know. I got this, uh, it's kind of hard for me. Rope ladders aren't really my uh, thing. Oh, Come don't on. worry. I, I hold my I hold my arms out, like, clearly standing, like, ten feet away from the ladder and says, I'll catch you. <laughs> uh, all I want, all I really care about is, uh, just please, can I go before Kowloon? He's notorious for, <laughs> oh, same, same. for yes. not, uh, before not wearing uh, things below the I, fun kilt. I wear my kilts traditionally, and if you can't handle that, then that's fine then. I guess you can go first. <laughs> what lies beneath. Um, so Stranger Adric, things. <laughs> um, Adric kind of shrugs it off, and he's like, fine. And he takes two flintlock or one flintlock pistol, no, two, and he's got him strapped, like, on his chest. So he's got two here, both of them aimed toward his one mm. right arm. And he's got, like, a uh, blacksmith's hammer on his back uh, in similar fashion of, like, a shorter war hammer. War hammer? Wart hammer? Wart hammer. Yeah. I, I want to go ahead and put on my uh, rope ladder attachment for my... Uh, cool. <laughs> to your, help you climb rope ladders? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your climbing attachment... That's similar to like a hook mm-hmm. or a pike might might work best in this situation. I call it I call it my rope rope ladder climbing. It's his grappling yeah. hook attachment. Uh, they're <laughs> subtly different. <laughs> so Adris gonna go before Henry since she has to keep hold now of both antlers and like one hand and climb up like that. Or or I guess she could keep them in both and just you know, it's gonna be dangerous either way. Um she could actually fashioned something and just climb it? Yeah. Yeah, she fashions something where she takes some of the, like the loose straps on her leather armor and she ties the the antlers to her armor and literally like the antlers are lifting up. They're like defying gravity and vibrating toward the ceiling above. That is wicked. And she says she says uh, up we go. Asha, keep the ship well guarded. And she throws Asher one of the rifles before going up and Asher catches it and she looks down at it and she says, uh, sure, cool. <laughs> and um, so Adric and Henry are going to go up first. Who's going up next? I'll go next. I. Oh. <laughs> T- tell me. This. Tell me. Yeah, you two That's go fine. ahead and jump on that. I'll go tell last. Tell me. Got it. Next, I like grab a water flask from Asher and I just yank it from her grasp and I just make my way up the ladder. <laughs> I chug a little bit before I go. She's like, hey, be careful. And bring me back that water skin. It's really valuable. Thank you. Watch yourself here, though, because God knows what's going to happen once we get out of here. Yeah, cool. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> this is fine. This is fine. Uh, great. So we got Kaloon bringing up the rear. And so all all of us, let's make some athletics checks. Cool. Hey. All right. Uh, I get a 10. I got a 10. 17. So that is going to be a six. All right, let me set the scene better. Henry's got a torch also kind of like strapped to her back to help light everything at enough of a distance to uh, not singe her or uh, burn her gorgeous hair. And <laughs> That was cute. That was for our, our live audience. 
Adric is making his way slowly. He has to like climb two feet and then grab the next rung two feet. But he's <laughs> slow and steady wins the race. He's it's taking a while. Like at least 20 minutes goes as you're watching slowly as the ground beneath you it, you're rising higher and higher every 10 feet whenever you look down it's it's you're being able to see the light emanating from the ship in the middle of this ancient underground city but adric makes it to the ceiling and he says he call, calls down um seems like it goes into some kind of tunnel just um be careful continue to be careful and he goes up and you guys when you look up see him disappear into a cropped out circle with the rope ladder in the middle and you see him disappear going upward Mm. henry's the next to go through and she when she gets to that top one of the rungs kind of breaks a little and she slips down three and is able to catch herself again i'm okay i'm okay Thesla. And she she begins climbing back up slowly as she disappears through. Now, Telnius, you're next. With a 10, it's hard to get around that broken rung, but you're able to get just enough strength with your hook to grab the next one over, and you slowly, along with the other two, go through. Nice. Ayas, you are coming up quickly behind... And similar fashion, you are able to pull yourself over the broken rung and continue up into the tunnel. Now, just as Kaloon is approaching the broken rung, and you're kind of like, what's Kaloon's internal monologue of how to get to the next part that's like one extra rung up? Oh, what? yeah, I, uh, okay, just maybe one more and I'll get there. No, not there yet. <laughs> Okay, just one more. No, okay, still not there. Oh, one more. Okay, uh, here we go. Here we go. You can do this. <laughs> As you're whispering yourself uh, this to yourself, you hear Adric go, Ah, shit, the shit. It's, it's closed off. It's closed off. And after another second, like you all come to a halt within this closed off tunnel. Adric yells down, um, Henry, I think we gotta switch spots. There's, it seems like there's slots for, for the antlers. For the, the things. And so Henry's like, ooh, gotta be fucking kidding me. And so, <laughs> so Henry has to, like, maneuver around to the front and climb up over, like, on the opposite side of Adric. So she's going to get one more athletics check. And she steps on Adric's foot (laughs) this time. And he's like, ah! And you guys feel as the ladder swings to the left and right. I need Telnius and Ayas, who are closest to it, swinging to make another athletics check. Here we go, baby. Oh, nice. 17 again. Oh, dude. Fuck yes. 18, baby. (laughs) Henry stabilizes herself and she gets over Adric and she looks up and what she sees is carved into this tunnel seems to be some kind of circle opening right almost like a sewer drain cover 
and embedded into it are two slots for the antlers and the antlers are going crazy at this point you can hear them clacking together and she unties the first one while still holding it and holding onto the rope ladder and inserts that one and when she does there's this kind of like and then she's like okay get ready i'm putting in the second one and this is just as kaloon's like another one another one (laughs) and getting to the broken one and because you're like hanging on for dear life uh, she I, gets by the, the way, I'm casting Featherfall on myself. I'm terrified. Okay, at this point. cool. <laughs> You're like, yeah, precautionary. She then brings up the second antler, the one to the left, and puts that one in. As soon as that one settles in, there's a larger doom. The cylinder begins to roll away now with the two antlers locked inside. It seems to just disappear into the, the stone and slide away. Henry's like, um, all right, it's pretty dark and feels kind of more cold. And you guys feel a breeze coming down from this area. And just as she looks down, she's like, are you guys ready? Ayas and Talnius and Adric, you look up and you see come into the torchlight this bony claw. Oh, and it scrapes alongside Henry's face. No. And she's like reeling and trying to keep hold of the of the rope. And what comes into the torchlight the rest of the way? And let me get the damage on that. Okay, yeah, it's a pretty gnarly gash, and it seems like this grayish, greenish claw sticks into her shoulder and pulls her up, and you see this face, this, like, skeletal face with maybe decayed flesh still stuck to pieces of the skull with the right eye burning red and the left eye burning white, and the this thing smiles and the front teeth are just these long fangs as it (sighs) bites into Henry's back and she cries out in pain. Henry! Just as she is grabbed by this thing and pulled through the tunnel, two more of them begin to, these creatures are humanoid and they have claws for hands and feet. They're literally crawling down the walls of this enclosed area. Call Un, as you hear the shouts, you go to grab the broken rung and your hand <laughs> grabs air and you feel your grasp as you are falling uh, loosen as oh, you no! fall backwards. Okay. So I'm going to have everyone roll an ish. Ah. Ooh. 14. Cool. 5. 8. So Adric's actually going to take his action first. You hear Henry kind of wrestling with the third one through the tunnel, but he sees one and Adric does this maneuver where he just brings his head under one of the rungs to stabilize himself and he grabs one of the pistols at his chest and just as it's skittering past him, he gets off a shot, but it's too late. It just, <sighs> it actually like ricochets and Talnius, roll me a luck check. Oh no. Just a straight D20. I'm glad we're using luck. I rolled an eight. Adric rolled lower, so the bullet bounces off the wall and hits him in the knee. Oh! <laughs> ah! 
out Chihuahua. We're going to go next to Ayas. You've got these two feral-looking skeletal-type undead creatures with these strange eyes and, and fangs for teeth, and they're crawling toward you. They're about 15 feet away from you. One to the right, one to the left. As we're like in this like cavern, I'm I'm guessing there's nowhere to like step on the cavern. It's just a straight up tunnel. Like yeah. a shoe okay. That blows. Now <laughs> I guess the only thing I know to do with this type of position on this ladder rung is to pull out my pistol and take aim and blast a bullet straight at the one that's nearest me. Oh, and, and nice. did you happen to have those sweet, cool bullets loaded? Literally all my bullets are those sweet, nice. sweet bullets. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Give me that attack roll. Okay. 18. Nice. Nice. You definitely hit. And are you going for the one on the right or the left? I'm going for the one on the left. Eight with the bullet, 13 with the magic missile. So you see these things, and I forgot to describe. Their ears are, like, elongated <gasps> and pointed. They're, like... They're like goblin or ghoul-ish, but like I said, with those fangs, and they are crawling quickly along the wall towards you as you just quickly bring up your pistol. The cavern is lit by yet another shot as you take aim and get this sucker right between the eyes as it's crawling toward you. Like it, Its final move is to leap towards you, but because you hit it, in the head and the magic missiles all kind of just pelt the head around it. It just messes this guy up as the body begins falling down the 80 feet, landing amongst the crew on the ship. And I reload it as a bonus action and take my second attack. Nice. (laughs) Ah! That's beautiful. And so go for the right one. Okay, so this one is going to be a 14. That is not enough to hit. Although you're not aiming directly at the wall, mm-hmm. uh, you're aiming up, so the bullet just kind of goes uh, up and into the darkness beyond the tunnel. This this one saw what happened to the other and skitters to the left a little bit faster. It's limbs and elbows like going out at odd angles, crawling like almost like a spider towards you. We're next going to go to uh, call... Oon's turn. So last we left you, you began falling slowly because you cast Featherfall. Good call. Uh-huh. And you just watch as this ghoulish figure just falls um, quickly beside you as it's falling down toward the ship. So Can I take um, an attack of opportunity you... on it? <laughs> well, it's it's already dead. That one is. Oh, well, you know, just to show my dominance, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Uh, if you want, you can use your reaction. Okay, so I'm, well, I'm actually, I'm going to use my reaction to grab onto the ladder again. Because uh, cool. I'm, I'm assuming I'm falling slowly enough that I wouldn't have to make a check. Is that fair? Yeah, right? you right. only fall maybe like 10 feet lower. And so give me a dexterity saving throw to grab the rope ladder again. 17. Yeah, you definitely grab on. And if you want, you can continue climbing up or you can kind of hold ground and and see what happens. Yeah, I'm going to continue climbing up uh, until I'm about, I don't know, maybe five, ten feet away from the opening of the tunnel. Okay, cool. Nice. And just for the quickness of time, I won't make you uh, roll another athletics check. (laughs) Thank you. I'll be the kind DM. Um, sweet. So you are able to use your move speed. That's probably your full 30 feet to get up within five feet. You're able to see what's happening within this uh, cavern. 
Uh, the light is coming from uh, the tunnel. Uh, but you have dark vision anyway, so you can see this creature crawling down toward Telnius and Aias. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to use a bonus action to Yamarayasios and give Telnius a bardic inspiration. I think that's all of my actions, so... Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, awesome. So we'll now go down to Telnius. So I want to ask if you will allow this. Uh, so I want to cast a magic missile, but technically a magic missile is a verbal and somatic spell, so I would need use of my hands. Could I wrap my legs around the rope, um, br- the rope ladder, in order to kind of free up my, well, my right limb and my left hand? Yeah, yeah, totally. Or you could pull the Adric move where he pulled his head under one of the rungs to stabilize himself. You could do either. Okay, so I do that then. Um, And I want to cast Magic Missile at the one that's skittering that uh, that was missed um, and shoot it with uh, Magic Missile. So let's go ahead and roll damage. (laughs) My goal is to, like, knock it off... um, the ceiling so it also falls but we'll see yeah let's see how much damage you do or just let the people on the ship take two. care of it <laughs> and two so that's six and ten so that's 14 points of damage nice i was gonna have it if it takes over 10 it has to make at least one climb check so it takes the damage and this decayed awful smelling flesh and bone bursts off from its like back left side from your magic missiles uh and it maybe slips a little bit but it digs its claws in again and looks directly at you bring it motherfucker (laughs) 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 and it's actually its turn so it's going to leap at you cool how do you want to deflect it's it's trying to tackle you i just want to like stiff arm it just like Like, my head is still under the rung, so I see it leaping at me, and I just kind of put my hammer out and let it, like, ram its face right into my hammer. (laughs) Beautiful. So so it does, like, a loop-de-loo around your hammer and then, like, splats against the wall. It catches itself, but it is still able to turn around and get one, one more attack, and it reaches behind it at you and goes to claw... This time it hits with a a twenty. So yeah, um, <laughs> actually, oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're gonna take eh, three points of damage as this claw scrapes across your chest. But at the last second, it does try to grab like you at your rib cage. It's a little ticklish, but you're too scared to laugh. And <laughs> give me a um, give me a dexterity saving throw. Cool. Oh, that's a nineteen, baby. <laughs> All right. How do you get the claw removed from your body? Uh, you know... Don't touch me. <laughs> yeah, just like, stop. Ah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I do Sorry, it. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Um, I like that. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. <laughs> You're gross. So we'll next go back up to the top you hear two gunshots go off above you through the tunnel, deeper into that cold open area where Henry was dragged to. And you just hear kind of struggling back and forth. Then suddenly you hear boom, boom, as two more pistol shots go off. You see two flashes of light. And then you just hear as 
bodies turn back over closer to the tunnel above you, and suddenly one of those bodies falling limply beside the rope ladder falls to its death uh, oh. away from you. I want to, <laughs> yeah. I want to kick it. I want to kick it as it's going by me. Just think. Like, uh. <laughs> nice. Yeah. When it splats on the deck of your ship, eighty feet below y'all, you hear aim fire and you what? hear boom 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 oh shit <laughs> and you hear explosions happening throughout the town and when you look down and especially Kaloon oh, no. you can see as the bodies that were lying around in their whatever different types of armors uh the Kasanian armor and whatnot mm-hmm. those bodies seem to be shambling toward the ship uh, oh, as as whatever you guys are handling is going on. So below you, there's some kind of firefight happening with Undead Rising, and this coincides with the next wave of necrotic energy that you feel, Telnius. Okay. There's no turning back. We gotta keep going. I, I mean, I, but like, oh, maybe shit. if we really want to turn back, we could do that. But or, you know, whatever. We can keep going. Nope, fine. no turning back. Gotta keep going. <laughs> nice. So we're gonna come back to... I believe Adric, yes. And so Adric's gonna sheath that pistol and pull his second pistol. So he shoots it in the leg. It does not kill it and it remains on the wall. And Adric goes to sheath that uh, flintlock as and and begins to climb up to help Henry with whatever she's dealing with uh, up beyond the tunnel. We're gonna go next to Ayas. Game time. What am I looking at? Is there, like, a zombie thing careening down towards me? That one already careened. There's still one against the wall parallel to Telnius within this tunnel area. Okay. I want to tuck my pistol away, and I want to climb up the ladder to where Telnius is as I pull Vanessa from the sheath. Nice. You're definitely within range at this point. Yes. You may have to swing the rope a little bit to to get a good swing at it. That'll be fine. 19. Beautiful. Yeah, you hit. Roll that damage, baby. Here we go. That is, ooh, 8 damage and then 8 hot energy. Beautiful. With 16 (laughs) more points, how do you want to take this guy out? Oh, it like lunges for Telnius, like both hands at his throat, and I sweep its hands directly off from the wrist, and... Icor goes everywhere. <laughs> My mouth was open too. <laughs> and like when the blade comes down, I whip it around and I immediately power it up into its chest and just as it's there dying, I drop it to the floor. All the and way I'm down just to like, the deck of the ship. I'm like looking it in the eyes as it falls. <laughs> yeah, that. And it's like crying out as it falls to its death. And I'm like, I'm not sorry. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You guys are technically out of battle, so you can choose to climb up the rest of the way, or what do you guys want to do? Climb. I say... Oh, go ahead. I think they can handle it. I think we should, you know, get up here and take care of the issue. Yeah, the sooner... You do still hear, like, a scuffle between Henry and Adric and and something else. The the way I see it, the sooner we we break whatever magic is bringing those dead bodies back to life, the sooner we we can really affect change. Absolutely. Let's get up this thing and let's get going. Yeah, I yeah, whatever we want to do, let's just not stay on this godforsaken <laughs> ladder. Go. <Okay. laughs> 
I scamper up the ladder. Nice. And scamper you do. And <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to give it to you guys uh, so we don't have like 15 minutes yeah. of us. Oh, I fell. Yeah. I caught myself again and all that. Yeah. We've had our fun right. with the rope We know ladder ladders again. are our worst enemy. Yeah, I know. We don't want another butter factory situation. <laughs> That's we're leaving that in the past. Yeah. We're leaving dangerous, slippery ladders in the past. We're moving forward with weird, zo- feral zombie For sure. vampire creatures. Way less yeah, dangerous. No, uh, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, let's just leave it in the past. It's all under the bridge. <laughs> so you guys make it through this tunnel, and you begin climbing onto a surface. When each of you get up to the top and kind of climb through the hole. There is a bit of daylight coming from this vaulted, uh, eight, like actually probably 100 foot tall ceiling. But like I said, it's vaulted, so it all comes kind of to a point. And there's like one small circle where light's pouring down to the rest of this area. The area itself is uh, um, 60 feet across on the back wall. And it comes kind of to an arrowhead to where this circular opening is. You're closer to that circular opening and you look around. You guys watch as the last round happens between two more of these crazy undead creatures. Adric is just swinging his blacksmith hammer and crushing the skull of one of them. And Henry has just finished like stabbing into the last one like into its chest and cutting straight down and and like throwing it off of her cutlass and you guys are all there coming out of battle and uh she's like oh you guys all right yeah Yeah, it's all all good good. yeah (laughs) yeah no i'm on solid ground again this is great looks like we're all good here adric made it all right we're good yep (laughs) We're all oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. I fucking leg, though. <laughs> yeah. And just just as he's pointing at his leg, and Kalun's smooching the steady ground beneath him, <laughs> you get a better view of what's happening in this room. The light is coming down, and it seems as if this obelisk, this large obsidian pillar that starts at the starts at the very bottom and grows all the way up through this like opening at the at the peak of that opening in the mountain. Mm-hmm. Tell me us the next time you feel a wave, it's almost as if you don't quite see it with your eyes, but it's almost as if you're seeing the ethereal energy, necrotic energy gather at the base of this and begin to send that out almost like an antenna of some sort that seems to be feeding into the blight on the Lock Islands. At the base of the obelisk is a sarcophagus that is standing vertical. It is it is broken open and the lid lies on the ground beside it. The sarcophagus is empty. But when you look to the left of it you see a body near a coffin a much more recent coffin Uh, the sarcophagus that's at the base of the obelisk is built into that same pillar made of obsidian itself 
The coffin you see, you actually recognize because the figure over it is whispering and kind of saying, don't worry, we will we'll make it out. We've, we've made it this far. We've, we've made it this far. And you see a woman's body. You see dreadlocks and wispy sets of sorceress clothing. You kind of recognize this pair from a previous adventure. Is it Celacy? Nice. Hmm. And nice, yeah. And just as you say her name, you see her turn around toward your group standing there. No longer is her normal humanoid face there, but instead just a bare skeletal front of a face with the right eye burning bright red and the left eye burning white. That's uh that's that's not she, good, guys. You've changed yeah, she uh, did you get Celacy, did you get a haircut or something? Something seems different. <laughs> she is wearing though the amulet with the gemstone in the middle of it mm. that you reclaimed from the compound. She's wearing that, and some of that energy, Telnius, is coming from her. It's almost as if she's connected to this obelisk with this amulet. And she looks down to the coffin, which the door is propped open. You're not close enough to see, but she says, Honey, we have company. And... Rising up out of the coffin is a undead drow warrior. He begins oh. to climb out. He's wearing this like almost like a three musketeers type hat with a feather. He's got one eye patch and he has a rapier at his side, but his face has been decayed for many, many months. But now he is of the unliving. I'm going to have everyone roll Anish one more time. Tanius, can you get a read on this? Uh, that's a 19 yeah, for me. They're definitely undead. <laughs> oh, good to know. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a nine. Nice. Henry's just like, oh my god. <laughs> 13 for me. So Henry's actually going to start us off. While that interaction was happening, she was reloading her pistols, and she's going to fire both of them. The first one, she's just kind of like frightened, and she gets two, uh, two shots off there, and they just whiz over the head of Celesi, who is wielding this this staff and she's kind of like getting up and using the staff to help her up the second two shots from her left hand both of those land at Celesi's chest and Celesi takes 15 points of damage so Colin we're going to go to you okay so I am going to uh, track directly above their heads look at the ceiling above them and cast Shatter as a third level spell to try to get as much of the rock from the ceiling to fall directly on top of them. Nice. And like we've done before, make a ranged spell attack. Alright. Nice. So that will be 16. Nice. And roll the damage. Okay. 14 points of damage. 
rolled a nat one on the dexterity saving throw. Celeste and her husband, the undead husband, <laughs> all, take all um, all of that damage, and it actually comes out to 21 points of damage total. Yes. Nice. Yeah, so to be clear, I did my damage to the rock, and then the rock fell on top of them. Okay, cool. Yes. Yep. And uh, any move or bonus actions? Uh, I'm going to just put myself uh, about 30 feet away from them somewhere and say Riamaracios and give Ayas uh, a bardic inspiration as well. Let's go! Very good. Go ahead, tell me us. Alright, uh, I am going to pull out of my component pouch a small piece of a tentacle and um, wave it over uh, the ground and throw it down, start chanting these words, and then stomp on it. Uh, you guys start to feel the ground rumble, and these black tentacles come up in a 20-foot radius um, and reach up and start writhing and grabbing uh, everyone. Well, I'm assuming just Celesi and the, the warrior. Um, so they both have to make a, a dexterity save. Before they do that, what level spell is this? Fourth level. You see her staff stamp the ground as she casts counter spell. Okay. As a reaction. And she has to cast it at um, the same level. Dang, that right. sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. And um, Dude. and yeah, they they succeed their spellcasting ability check. Okay. So so the spell has no effect. So sorry. All right. Uh, then after that happens, I move behind Ias. <laughs> like flipping the bird over his shoulder. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Fuck you guys. You guys suck. Yeah. Stand right there. I got you. Don't worry. Nice. Sweet. So next we're going to go to the Blight Lich's turn. Celesi. Oh, yeah. We're this is the Blight first Lich, Lich you guys have that. ever likened. Liching it. Um, she's going to aim toward Ias. She better. She's going to look look at you and just bring her staff around and you can see the amulet glow ah, shit. and black black necrotic energy just uh, like a miasma surrounds you as she casts blight on you. So make a constitution saving throw. No! <laughs> Wait, can she, can she cast uh Ooh. Two spells in one turn? Uh, the first spell was a reaction. Right. That is right. a 20 on the constitution saving throw. Maybe that'll help? Yes, definitely. You take <laughs> half of the damage. Oh, good. So instead of, instead of 30 points of damage, you take 15. <gasps> oh, my God. Huh. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and where is Rory, by the way? <laughs> um... <laughs> At that, she uses some of the stone that fell from the ceiling that hit her and kind of knocked her back. She then uses it as half cover and um, calls out to her husband, her love, protect me, protect me. And he's still struggling to get out of the coffin because he's like getting rocks off of him. (laughs) Gotta get rocks rocks off. off. All right, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! Who's next? <laughs> Sweet. Um, next, we are going to go to Ayas. Oh, sick. Okay, so 
I finally made it up there, and I've already got Vanessa drawn, and I am just blasting towards the both of them. Who's the, who's the closest? Who's front, front and center? The coffin where the the elven undead remains. Yeah, I'm Is just there? ramping right at that elven undead with my blade, and I'm slashing away. Sweet. And oh, you crit. get advantage on the melee attack. <laughs> nice. Oh, but it doesn't matter because you crit. <laughs> That's a 19 because improved critical. Baby. Pew, pew, nice. Let's go. Pew. Okay. So as Congrats, per new Chasm Quest rules, you take full damage and then roll a damage for the second one. Just for oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's yeah. true. That's true, true, true. So that's going to be a 12. Thank you, Lucas. Yeah, thank you, Lucas. Is here. That's 16 slash with the sword. And then the heat damage is 7. Nice. That's 23 points of damage. 23 points of damage uh, with my first attack. <laughs> So you stab straight down, like, into his chest, and the flames go up. The coffin begins to, like, catch a flame with that magical uh, with that magical burning. Uh, go ahead and give me your second attack. Second attack is a uh, 18 that time. 18 still hits. Oh, go yes. for it. 12 plus 6 heat. 18 more points of damage. 18 more points of damage. And the flames are brighting. They're just ramping up. It looks like you're looking at a body like coming out of hell. The flames are just surrounding it. You're stabbing straight down like, stay dead, you motherfucker. <laughs> I'm crying a little bit. Yeah. I'm so scared. And <laughs> and sweet, with uh, that ends your turn. Anything else you want to do? With that final slash, like if I have anything left, because uh, how far did I run? You had to at least have run 30 feet for sure. Okay, then yeah, I'm done. Okay, so you're standing there. Um, we're going to next go to Adric's turn, who has also been able to reload his pistols. He gets a shot off at Celeste, but because she's behind cover, takes disadvantage, and his bullet ricochets off the rock that she's hiding behind. And next we're going to go to the husband. Oh. And so his eyes like open wide and are these like necrotic black flames controlled by her lover and he literally rises up your sword and takes his left hand and grabs at your neck uh 17 to hit chill out (laughs) (laughs) whoa slow down there bro it's not that big of a deal Okay, so he is making an attack called Life Drain. Ah, shit. So you're going to take, ooh, 16 points of necrotic damage. Okay. And then I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Can do. Not good. (laughs) (laughs) That's 10. You took... 16 points of damage, your maximum HP is reduced by 16. What? You cannot heal up above uh, 16 minus your max HP. Holy oh my crap. God. What yeah, be? also, don't die. Yeah, well, I'll do my best. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> don't I'm worry. pretty good at uh, not dying, kind of. Yeah, you have narrative armor. This is... Yeah. <laughs> You can't die. This is just a memory. This is just a bonus adventure. (laughs) Just a bad dream. Um, Do whatever you want, man. (laughs) Sweet. So uh, 
after he's done with that, he's going to grab his uh, rapier and stab at you twice. Damn it. And he hits both time, the first time with 25, the second time with 24. So Those both hit. I figured. <laughs> Five points of damage with the first, and then seven points with the second. So 12 points of damage total. Right. Yeah, boy. I'm doing all right. I'll be all right. <laughs> You're fine. That's yeah. fine. It's good to know. I'm going to go back up to Henry. She is going to uh, reload. She's able to reload one of her pistols and get that off. She hits with the first bullet. Our undead husband takes an extra eight points of damage, and he's looking fairly brittle as he's finally like, and I forgot to mention, he's, he rises all the way as he's stabbing into you. So he's now standing beside you outside of the coffin. Oh. Yeah, you can tell, like, his the clothes he was wearing, like, are kind of set ablaze, but you can tell he's, like, doesn't even care. He's just got kill and rage in his eyes. What a badass. Lifeless eyes. So, oh, I, by the way, because I forgot he had an eye patch. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a pirate. He's, he's, a, he's a damned pirate. So... Next, we're going to go to... So that was Henry's turn. She goes to reload her other pistol, and we're going to go to Kaloon. I am going to look at where Celestia is and say, get out of there, and cast another shatter spell at third level to explode the rock that she's hiding behind. Hopefully doing damage to her as well. Nice. Yeah. Roll the damage for shatter. Okay. That will be 16 this time. Nice, because you cast it on the rock and it's exploding. I still gave her a um, dexterity save. So she rolls away and rises, now no longer undercover, and takes half of that damage. So she's going to take eight points of damage. Well, that's fine. I will also say, uh, and give Ayas another bardic inspiration. Or do you already have one still? I do. Okay. I don't know if you can have two at a time, but we make our own rules here, so just take two. Why not? (laughs) Well, if my god lets me do that, then I'm in. Yeah, no problem. Your god is going to be very nice to you, because I was just very mean to you, so. (laughs) Well, it's not the first time, so let's not play that game. (laughs) Your god also requires cupcakes in some type of future. Mm. Sacrifice. Um, a cupcake sacrifice. We just stab a cupcake. We're that's going to be raspberry filling. <laughs> when she rolled out, did where did she roll out uh, at all close to where the other dude is standing? Her warrior. She rolled. Uh, she rolled away. She's now standing directly in front of the sarcophagus and the obelisk. Okay, so how far are they from each other? They are now twenty five feet away from each other. Okay. And she's standing right next to the obelisk? Yeah, she's about ten feet in front of it. Okay. I want to run up to her. My goal, here's my goal. I want to get between her and the obelisk and uh, cast a spell. Alright, so I do that, and then I'm going to cast Spirit Guardians. I hold up my uh, hammer, and I like uh, like look through the two holes um, in the double infinity, infinity sign and look her in the eyes and, you know, say the verbal and, and uh, uh, move my hand around. And essentially, like, within 15 feet of me, uh, 15 foot radius, so 30 feet total, 
there are like these angelic creatures just kind of swarm around me and everyone around me uh, has to, who I don't designate, has to make a wisdom save. And I'm going to designate everyone except for her and the warrior. So uh, they, and they are the only ones. <laughs> they are the only ones who have to make a wisdom save. So, so she failed. She gets to take 3d8 of radiant damage. So it's 15 points of radiant damage. I am not sure. I, my goal is to attack the obelisk if it can take damage or not. Um, but yeah, so. At, with 16 points of damage, not only do you see her like battling with these like spirits coming at her and taking the damage and stepping back, uh, you also see those things attacking the base where the sarcophagus attaches to this uh, obelisk. And you see a crack happen at the at the tomb at the sarcophagus begin to crack away and radiant light fills in where that crack was and that same pulsing energy you feel it interrupted this time nice nice cool all right sweet yeah she's still up um and it's taken 15 points of damage and so we're gonna go next to celesi okay so she lifts up her staff and says how dare you? How dare you? And the staff is aimed directly at you, Micah, and she's going to cast Magic Missile, but at fifth level. Cool. So you're going cool. to take... <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> you're going to take... Meat shield. Oh, wait, remember if... It... No, Magic Missile isn't AC-based, is it? Yeah, it's not. I can't Shoot. defend not, against no. it. Uh, you're going to take 25 points of damage. Nice, nice, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and 25 points of damage, so uh, definitely got to continue rolling. A, I think I have to roll a concentration check to make sure I keep my spell going. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Not good. Yeah, roll the four on my uh, concentration <laughs> check, so... You know, definitely lose that, lose that spell. Um, So you lose that spell, and what she does next, she uses um, legendary action. So she adds another action to uh, her turn. She's going to cast something from her staff called Pestilent Push. And this is a ranged spell attack. So that's a 17 to hit you, Telnius. Oh, yeah, that hits. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold um, on. And I'm sorry. I am going oh, to go use ahead. my uh, Bardic Inspiration to increase my AC by three, which puts me at 18. Ah, nice. Yeah. Nice. So she had stepped between you and the obelisk, and she said, uh, you have no right to be here. She cast this energy, and you can tell it's like some kind of like poison damage coming at you, but as you... Remember uh, Kowloon's fun kilt blowing in the wind on your way here. <laughs> oh, yeah. You almost create like a, a a bardic shield around you, and none of this poison Actually, damage inflicts you. what I imagine is I just blow in the wind just like his beautiful kilt, and I'm able to avoid all the nasty pestilent grossness. And I say... <laughs> <laughs> this pestilent push this does not vibing <laughs> yeah and i tell i tell her we go where we it. want because we rowdy nice we that's rowdy. beautiful that's right that's really beautiful 
Sweet, we're gonna yeah. go next to Ias's turn, I believe. Yep. <sighs> yes, I am right next to that guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> that husband guy. Betrothed. Husband boy. Okay, how's he looking? Till death do him part. <laughs> it's about to. And then some. <laughs> um, he's looking horrible. He's like, his really clothes, ugly. his like regal clothes are on fire, and he's like a shambling skeleton self. Yeah. Oh, just like wearing just the tackiest clothes. So <laughs> I go at him with an attack with a slash, and the first one, do we get his AC now? Is that right? Yes, sir. Um, that is 15. 15, and I attack and get him with a 17 with my sword. Boom. And I slash away horizontally, and I do my damage, which is 6 plus 8. Boom. So 6 with the sword and 8 with heat. 68 points of damage. 68 (laughs) points of damage. Almost a perfect roll. How do you end this uh, undead elven boy? Beautiful. So he's like... Hobbling at me, and he's coming yeah. with me with the with the claw and the and the weird grin and the saying dirty things that I don't like. And then I come up <laughs> with just an upward slice with Vanessa, bringing the blade up towards its sternum and just slicing its head clean in twain. Oh yeah, and its head just kind of falls sideways, anime and style. Then his whole body nice. just engulfs in the heat damage, and it just falls to the ground in flames. I then can I use my move action to pull out my pistol and then I aim it towards Celesi and I shoot for the medallion around her neck. Yes. Boom. And take advantage because she has seen this and I gave her a wisdom check and she's just screeching out like, my love. She is. And. (laughs) <laughs> and she is like I heard it open her arms are open out and you're going to take advantage on this attack beautiful and I get her with a 21 oh you get right on this gemstone awesome and I roll a d6 that's 3 plus 3 that's 6 points of damage plus 3d4 plus 4 and so that's going to be 6 4 2 so that's 12 plus 3. That's 15 with the magic missile. Beautiful. Hell yeah. So 15 and, and you said 6. So 21 total. 21 total. Hell Directly yeah. at her chest where the medallion is resting. Your bullet goes through the medallion, shatters that gem at in the midst of the medallion. And that shatters. Along Her screech just keeps going with this hit as the bullet goes through her chest <gasps> and hits. It hits the sarcophagus directly behind her, right? And where that bullet goes in, the sarcophagus had already begun to crack and it had already taken that damage. It begins to, now with the destroyed amulet as well, the pillar the obelisk begins to contort and twist at its base and you watch magically as the sarcophagus just almost like folds in on itself and pieces begin to fly one to the right one to the left and a crack goes in through the midst of the obelisk and Telnius, although your concentration had gone away i'm still dancing it seems as if i'm still dancing you're still dancing (laughs) 
still dancing. It seems <laughs> as if the radiant damage you have done keeps its work going within the midst of this stone as if it had some type of like higher purpose to destroy the evil that th- this is uh, pulsing onto the Lock Island. And you watch as that crack goes all the way to the top and crumbles. Yeah, I never stopped dancing. I, I'm just like, like this was all a part of my plan. <laughs> I'm so excited about destroying this thing. It's just second nature. It's what I do. Nice. Beautiful. <laughs> and... <laughs> Yeah, you all watch as this obelisk is uh, destroyed. Many pieces fall off, and that necrotic damage that was emitting from this point uh, emits no more. And I want to respect everyone's time. We're just two minutes over, so thank you all, everyone, for joining us for Chasm Quest Live. Hell yeah. Yes, thank Um, you. Oh. Also, we have merch now, so go on uh, Etsy.com slash ChasmQuest. Yes, this is our tea here, and um, so you can find our merch at our website and all that. Um, I don't think there's anyone like right after us, so I will... Oh, okay. uh, we'll stay on this call and wrap up with some details, but I just wanted to respect everyone's time if you needed to go and do some other stuff, but we'll finish our recording and just take up another 15 minutes. Um, thank you all again so much for joining. We're going to give you a round of applause. Yay! Thank, thank you. Thank you. This isn't for me <sighs> to edit later and know where the end of the episode is. Jarlacon right. is like the best thing I've ever been a part of. This is a blast. Yeah, it's. Yes. I cannot wait for the same thing to. Well, to be at Drawlicon next year and see everybody in person. Oh, I know. I'm so yes. excited. It's going to be amazing. Or I, I did want to shout out Taylor, um, the boot and leg brewery that Telnius <laughs> woke up in. Here's a sneak peek at the artwork for the logo for said brewery. Can you guys see Andrew's? Uh, I can't see his uh, yeah, I see video. You. You yeah, do? I can okay. see it. Yep. I'm going to re- refresh real quick. And uh, Taylor also made the artwork for our T-shirt. So thank you, Taylor. Thank you for saying take nice things. I will take a bow. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> baby. Cool. So we'll we'll be sticking around for um, you know, like I said, another fifteen minutes and wrap up details from this episode because destroying the obelisk was just the first task. So I'll just kind of go through bullet point the wrap-up of this episode unless you guys had questions i thought my rowdy boys uh yeah i just um i definitely want to loot the body you know so that's my question that's that's always what the cleric does (laughs) oh yeah i guess i should also um, heal ias but you know first things first (laughs) loot the body (laughs) yes absolutely So other than fine jewelry on the husband's body um, and a really fancy hat, a fancy hat, <laughs> um, there is just the um, the sorceress slash lich, which, um, lich, which? Lich, oh, witch. the lich, witch. It's like a sandwich oh. shop. <laughs> I don't get it. The sandwich. Sandwich. <laughs> um, ah! the, <laughs> um, 
which uh, is a callback to one of our earlier Lock Island adventures. And Cass, who's in our audience right now, played Celesi and came up with this character. So mm, thank you. You yes. can't say anything back, but uh, thank you for creating that character yeah. and the awesome idea. And we uh, tied it into the larger narrative of the Lock Island. So if you want to hear mm. more of that, like I said, be on our uh, Patreon because we'll be releasing information and the episodes there come with in the next coming months yeah we've recorded uh, a lot of bonus episodes with this whole pandemic i think oh so. yeah <laughs> oh yeah tune in oh yeah so yeah like i said these will connect to the other bonus episodes and so the bullet point wrap up is the staff that she was wielding does have some intertwined uh silver and obsidian so you, you could take that telnius for further study as you guys climb back down having destroyed um, on your way out, I, you I find used Dimension Door to take me and Telnius down. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. On your way out of this building, some of the stone that had made up this sarcophagus does have some writing on it. And after studying it, you find that this was Alcazar's tomb, his resting place. And what you would surmise is that somebody has come into this area and the body of Alcazar, this kind of ancient figure, uh, he's been either grave robbed or has potentially risen from the dead. So Alcazar was not that warrior that we fought. Oh shit. No, that was the, that was the husband. husband. We rescued Mm. from that cavern in that busted up ship. Oh shit. And she was like, don't look in there. And I was like, I want to look in there. And she was like, don't do it. Oh, shit. <laughs> so she dragged that um, casket like up on her back like going up That's the That's a lot ladder. of work. Or Holy probably God. just cast fly. Yeah. You know, just um, uh, tune, tune in yourself later this year. Yeah. Yeah. No more spoilers. <laughs> yeah, no more spoilies. Um, so Alcazar uh, was some type of leader of this strange settlement over uh, like hundreds of years ago potentially even a thousand years ago and dare i say of... millennia <laughs> centuries dare i say centuries centuries there it is, yeah. you with your pirate crew are able to loot the gold and the treasure from this ancient <laughs> settlement and find more books that give more information about who alcazar was and does this leader he was does destroying the obelisk stop any of the undead downstairs or down down ladder from fighting or yes absolutely as soon as the obelisk was destroyed all of the zombie and skeletal warriors that were attacking the ship fell to the ground again lifeless once more nice called it um so (laughs) asher asher greets you all and you all kind of spend the rest of the adventure looting and researching within this ancient settlement and taking with you what you can We'll get more details about who Alcazar was in future Lock Island adventures, or maybe I'll just be giving it to the PCs, and perhaps it'll tie into the main storyline of season three. Ooh la la. Yeah, probably <laughs> you not. say you're going to give it to us to say who he was? Because he was a total wiener. Total wieners. <laughs> you can make guesses, I suppose. Yeah, he's a real douchebag. Thanks, Boy, everyone, for joining us. And um, we'll see you guys probably at some other panels and other live shows. Yeah. So Can't enjoy wait. the rest of your day. Thanks, everybody. Be sure to tune in for uh, Cornfields and Kobolds coming up later. 
Um, also, thank you to Jeralicon, Nerd yeah. Asylum, everybody involved, Chris, Joe, all you guys. Un- unreal. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for Absolutely. thanks for helping us with audio last night because that really? was a blast too. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a huge help. Yeah, yeah that was a lot. Cool. Beautiful. All right. All right, everyone. Have a great rest of your day, rest of your weekend, and uh, happy Drawlicon. Stay Bye. rowdy. Happy Drawlicon. Later. Stay Bye. rowdy. Bye. Oh, what a good adventure. Right? Anyway, I was Andrew, your DM. Taylor was Ias. Micah was Telnius. And Colin was Kaloon. Thanks for sticking around and that little secret announcement that I have for you. I may have been in the works this past month with 13 other very spooky podcasts. That's right. We did a mega collaboration to create something of the likes you have never seen on this network before. We did a Halloween special and Every other TTRPG podcast that is in our circle of friends and and otherwise, there are so many names to be dropped, but I will let this Saturday tell the tale, be on the lookout, be checking your podcatcher, because we are dropping a very spooky, a very fun Halloween audio drama for you. A dear, dear listener, we had tons of fun making this audio drama, and we can't wait for you to hear it. So, like I said, be on the lookout there. Uh, become a patron to hear countless more Lock Island adventures. Although this was the wrap-up, there will be so many episodes between last week's episode, Finders Weepers, and this episode, Dralicon Line. Alcazar's Cove, and you will hear those come out in chronological order on Patreon, but they're just more bonus episodes. They kind of work like the memories we've done on the show before, but we decided to slap them on Patreon to keep our main channel a little bit more clear than we have before. So if you're not supporting us yet, patreon.com slash chasmquest and start giving today to start getting a lot tomorrow that sounded really cool i didn't plan it i have nothing written in front of me anyway have a great night and a happy happy halloween we cannot wait for the 31st bye everybody thank you all so much